The Giants seem way in over their heads at this point with the mess that they've created. And now we're just defaulting on, all right, let's see what Tommy DeVito's got. <laughs> Listen, Tommy DeVito's got a whole lot. Okay, Tommy DeVito's got the Italian juice. The, uh, the Italian juice, isn't that, uh, that's what they cook sausages in. Correct, yes. Yeah. Checking, checking. Well, <clears throat> while you're checking the mic, do you want me to d- tell a joke? Uh, yeah. Check okay. the levels. Uh, podcasting. I thought you said rodcasting. I'd love to go fishing. Yeah, let's check this. Perfect. All right, welcome back. Wait, is that going to be on the show? Yeah, that's going to have to start. Oh, the mother. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> sorry, everyone. Uh, welcome back to Morg's Fly Fishing Comedy Corner. You ever use a lure, fellas? <laughs> I'm actually more of a sinker guy myself. Fellas, you know when your reel gets stuck on the... Fa- I haven't been fishing in quite a while. Now that, I was going to say, could be very innuendo-y. Um, but right, take it easy. We're going to move on. Uh, yeah, so sorry I sound like a dead fish today. I have been uh, dealing with a bad case of working with small children and uh, am both sick and have a very sore voice. So we're we're, we're working on it. Yeah, Brody's doing great. I sound like uh, 80s Dylan. Uh, yeah, more like modern Dylan. 80s Maybe. Dylan was talking a lot about Christ. That's so true. If you're planning on doing that, then yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> anyway, um, more. we missed last week. Yeah. And with that, we actually we did record. Um, there, some, there's some a lost there. episode. There will be the lost tapes of SBNY that we might It was just uh, so busy. Yeah, it was just so busy due to Thanksgiving that it was just like... Too much. By the time we got around to like Brody edited it and everything, it was like oh, so much has happened that we just got to record a new one. It was obsolete. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's no point in releasing what we had recorded on Wednesday on like Friday or Saturday. Yeah, apologies um, to uh, Molly. I said a lot of nice stuff about the Eagles on there. I'm not going to say it again. It's so. true. I might cut together like a highlight tape and we could throw it out as a bonus episode, maybe? or maybe give the people a preview of last week's episode right now. Andrew Luck was, like, yeah, the biggest prospect that I can remember in my lifetime. Trevor Lawrence was up there. Zach Wilson was, like, the consolation prize for the Jets who fucking lost that or won that game at the end of the season that they shouldn't have won in 2020 uh, that ended up putting them in line for Zach Wilson, like, where they were, or Trey Lance, I guess. But they were perfectly in line to end up with Trevor Lawrence, and they ended up not finishing with the worst record behind the Jaguars. The Jaguars end up with a guy who looks great week in, week out now, and well, the Jets are once again in quarterback hell. Even if Aaron Rodgers comes back next year, what are you going to do in two years? You're going to be back in the same position again, needing to figure shit out. Like, this is just, it's a mess. Well, the problem is Trevor Lawrence looks great in Jacksonville, yeah, but uh, Florida is a state where there's a lot of open pastures for him to roam. <laughs> there's a lot of um, sugar cubes. There's a lot of sugar cubes on. around. There's a lot of oat <laughs> bags for him to eat. Oat. Uh, so yeah, Trevor Lawrence is what I'm. I, I'm Trevor I'm, Lawrence I'm, looks like a horse, is what more. Yeah, I'm saying say. Trevor Lawrence looks like a Palomino horse. All right. Anyway, welcome back to this week. For now, uh, Mark, the Jet season is over and the Giant season is back on. Question mark. Have you ever seen the tenth season of Survivor? Uh, I mean, you're gonna have to give me the location. I don't know them by number. Palau. Yes, we watched it. If I don't, uh, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> so the reason I bring this up is because at the final immunity challenge, is this gonna have spoilies? Spoilers for season ten of Survivor. <laughs> okay, which aired in two thousand five. That probably. feels right. Okay, yeah. Okay, so uh, spoilers for season three of Survivor. At the final three immunity challenge, you had these two guys facing off, Tom and Ian, and they had been friends the whole time. Is that Tom the? Fireman or the old quarterback or what was New York firefighter? That's Tom. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. So they were facing off. So this challenge at the beginning, both of them were determined to beat the other one. Okay. Oh, I remember this. So then they're bobbing on these buoys, yes. holding on, and for, hours. for about six hours. And Tom turns to Ian and says, "I'll make you a deal. If you jump off that buoy, I'll take you to the final two, which is what you want to do in Survivor because then you have a chance to win a million. Yes, and Ian says, no, let's fight it out. 
So then six hours later, 12 hours into the challenge, Ian turns to Tom and says, I have an idea. How about I just jump and you take the other girl, Katie, and you win the million dollars? And Tom says, what? And Ian says, yeah, I've decided that that's a good idea. So he jumps, Tom takes Katie and wins the million dollars. Now, the reason I bring this up is because I believe that fatigue can make you do crazy things, <laughs> such as when you're standing 12 hours on a buoy, uh, deciding to give up a million dollars, basically for no reason. And I think the fatigue of this giant season has caused them to start winning games when it is way, way against their own interest to do so. I think they are so tired and so drained from everything that has gone on that they've just started winning for some reason. <laughs> just like Tom, uh, just like Ian jumping off that buoy, I think they just have no idea what they're doing, and they're just defaulting to, hey, what if we won games? Would everyone like that? And everyone's like, not really. We kind of wanted no. you to tank. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just Too a whole late. mess. And so... Yeah, the Giants basically have jumped off the buoy at hour 12 and are allowing the other person to win Survivor. And much like Ian, as he sank into the inky abyss that was underneath that buoy, uh, the Giants seem way in over their heads at this point with the mess that they've created. And now we're just defaulting on, all right, let's see what Tommy DeVito's got. <laughs> Listen, Tommy DeVito's got a whole lot. Okay, Tommy DeVito's got the Italian juice. The, uh, the Italian juice, isn't that, uh, that's what they cook sausages in. Correct, yes. Yeah. The Italian juice. Hot dog water. Hot dog water, yes. Yeah. Tommy DeVito's got hot dog water. Yeah. Um he's Tommy DeVito. <laughs> Damn. Sorry, we're also re <laughs> That was crazy. Should, should I say this? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, we're <laughs> we're watching a Nick game as we record this because we had to record at a weird time. So we're both sitting watching the Knicks as we record this, and we will do our best to not comment live on that because no, it'll make I do it all no the time sense. when we record too, but that was uh yeah, that was a very nice uh, chase down block. So anyway, Man. so the Giants, yeah. I really think that um, Tommy DeVito's having a hell of a run, and it's starting to make me wonder if Danny Okay, is he? I have to stop you there. I, I can't let you get beyond two sentences. I'm sorry. Tommy DeVito is doing the bare minimum for a quarterback, and yet all of like the sports talk radio is like, Tommy's showing up. He's doing he is showing it. Up. He's doing great. He had he like one great. good throw to Jalen Hyatt no. in this game, and like he's That's doing incorrect. enough to win. Except barely, because the only reason they beat the Patriots is because the Patriots don't know how to do anything right, and they missed a field goal the last second. And they shouldn't have beat Washington either, but Washington beat themselves, and they're horrible too. So if Tommy DeVito was playing a capable football team, this would just be more hell. Like The only reason this is going good is because Tommy DeVito had to play the Commanders and the Patriots. Anyway, go on. I disagree. I think Tommy DeVito has been throwing the ball really, really well. I think it, I think that he's made a, a couple of really impressive throws. I think he decides where to go with the ball pretty well, which is going through his progressions, which is an important thing for a quarterback. I think when you see him look one, two, three, throw to four, I think that looks pretty natural. Now, I will say, all that is great. The bar is in hell. Well, the bar is in hell <laughs> is one thing, but the other thing is, he does take a bunch of really stupid sacks. Like, I've never seen a quarterback take worse sacks than, well, maybe not worse sacks, but how about more sacks? I've never seen a guy, yeah. like, voluntarily hold on to the ball until he gets driven into the dirt, like this guy. But I will say. I know, Josh Allen does that still, too. But <laughs> Sometimes. This guy gives me Taylor Heineke vibes of, like, a frisky backup quarterback that everyone kind of wants on their team because you know if he's coming into the game, the guys will play for him. And uh, I like Tommy's personality a lot better than Taylor Heineke, so yeah. I'm kind of thrilled that he's on the team, and I'd love to see him stick around. Okay, I'll give you a Heineke. You you can have a Heineke, much like me on Thanksgiving. You can have a Heineke. <laughs> Brody is walking dead right now. Um, yeah, <laughs> this is uh, <laughs> no, this is this is rough on the old the old voice box. Um, but no, that's uh, that that's fair. I think Taylor Heineke is a good comparison for him. I I mean. You could also say Josh Dobbs. <laughs> like, I mean, it seems like Patrick he's a, Mahomes. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, Patrick. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. Why not? Yeah. Um, you know. Your your standard run of the mill slinging Sammy Baugh. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is uh, this has been an interesting few weeks here in Giant Land because you really have a very uh, vocal dichotomy of fans on both ends of half who want the team to tank. And are extremely upset, like actually actively angry. Um, that was some good 
uh, alliteration mix up. What is alliteration when you use it with a vowel? That would be assonance. Assonance. That's right. Thank you, lit major. Yeah. Um, and that's consonants. Uh, yes. Um, consonants is uh, the other one. Also, dissonance. That's music. That's my expertise. Anyway. Um, welcome to thesaurus hour. <laughs> yeah, welcome to Brody's squirrel brain. Welcome to Brody Learns English. <laughs> um, well, so wait, can I just real quick about the, the fans who want to tank? And I did make this analogy earlier to Survivor. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, the team would probably be better off tanking, and now they're doing stuff that maybe doesn't make sense for them rationally. But I will say that tanking doesn't guarantee anything. I This is actually where I was going with this. Um, but feel free to, if you have like a, a something prepared, please go ahead. Oh, I have nothing prepared. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to say tanking doesn't guarantee anything. Like the Jets tanked and they got Zach Wilson and look what happened. So, so that's that's what I was going to say. There there are uh, a lot of teams who purposely tanked and were just awful um, in the last few years who have taken quarterbacks. Uh, and if we want to look through the last like tank picks, um, if you will, um, will you? Will you call them tank picks with me? Sure, man. I got nothing but time. So we've got the, this past year, we have the Panthers and the Texans, right? They were kind of uh, both terrible last year. Hard to say if it was on purpose. Although Matt Rule seemed like he was trying to lose. Um, but you end up with Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, right? Yeah, sure. Total crapshoot, right? Bryce Young was the number one overall pick consensus. This year, he's terrible. C.J. Stroud was like the consolation prize, and he's... About to win Rookie of the Year. I will say, you're right that a lot of people said Bryce Young would be number one. I won't say consensus just because it was a little closer than years past. Like, it wasn't like a Trevor Lawrence situation where everyone's Fair like, enough. this guy's definitely number one. But yeah, most people had Bryce Young going number one. It wasn't at all a surprise when Carolina went with him over Stroud. But yeah, very good point that, you know, they got the guy, a guy that, the Heisman winner, a guy coming out of Alabama that they thought was going to be a sure thing. Right. And he has, he's to performed fair, worse he, than Tommy DeVito. He could end up being, fi- like, they just fired Josh McCown, like the quarterback's coach. Which, they did? By the way, hilarious. Yeah, apparently. When? Today? Um, recently. I don't know when. All right, um, I'll look into that. Yes. But apparently Josh McCown is out and they're going to try again um, because they also fired uh, Frank Reich. Frank Reich yeah. So this is just, they blew everything up because Bryce Young was bad, which by the way, way to instill confidence in your 23-year-old quarterback. Hey kid, you got the whole fucking coaching staff fired, now fix it. Um, so, yeah, oh wow, they fired Josh McCown and Deuce Staley, who yes. was also there. There you go. What, what the was hell his position? Is, he was a running backs coach, but okay, what still. what is happening with the Panthers, man? Like, um, what's his name? Is an idiot? Yeah, like you can't just fire guys, man. This yeah. doesn't work. I say this about every every Look sport. Look at the New York teams. They fired and rehired so many times. It's just it falls on like it does nothing anymore. It falls on the owner. Look, the Panthers <laughs> are horrific this year. Yeah. They're horrible, but. Is firing the coach in the middle of the season and then firing two assistant coaches really going to do anything? I mean, I get that you have no incentive to lose games because your pick's going to the Bears, but right. like, are you good point convinced good point. that if you fire these three coaches that this will make your team a lot better, or is it more valuable to have some sort of continuity, see if these guys can do anything that possible to turn this around, and maybe you go into next season thinking, okay, well, that, those guys picked it up towards the end of the season. Like, what what are you gaining from this? Like, one win yeah. at best? Like, what's I, the point? I don't understand it. I really I, – I, you know what I'd like to see? I want to see teams, instead of firing everybody and cleaning house, I would like to see them literally clean house and destroy their buildings. I, I want to see stadiums get knocked down. And me like too. Rebuild. I can name a few off the top that, of my head. Me too. But wouldn't that be way more interesting? It's like, well, this isn't working. We're going to knock down MetLife. Yes. <laughs> try, that would, try this again in Queens. It would be much more interesting <laughs> if teams literally cleaned house. I, yes. would, I would love that because also I feel like that would be way more effective than whatever the hell the Jets have been doing for 60 years. Yeah, should we um, talk? about this because yeah. the Tim Boyle era is, uh, has been upon yes, us now. <laughs> but wait, hold on. I wanted to, uh, I also wanted to, uh, to do a bit more of a deeper dive. Oh, right. The court, yeah. Okay, go ahead. Um, because in 2022, there was no uh, no quarterback taken until Kenny Pickett. So that, that year doesn't really count. Right. 2021, though, we have Trevor Lawrence and we have Zach Wilson, which was, um, as we all remember, uh, the Jets' biggest fumble since Mark Sanchez in 2011 uh, or 20. 2012, I think. 2012. Either way, somewhere around there. Some kind of uh, derriere bumbling. Um, That was uh, a big mistake by the Jets. Now it seems to have worked out for the Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence is obviously really good. Um, But the 49ers were in there with the third pick. A lot of people forget about that. 
<laughs> and took Trey Lance. Yeah. So, uh, Something you don't hear much about, the 49ers taking Trey Lance. In 2021. <laughs> um, yeah, so where is Trey Lance now, Morgan? Do you remember? Yeah, he's, on the, ca- he's a third stringer on the Cowboys, yeah. I think. He's the backup to Dak Prescott. While they have their literal Mr. Irrelevant starting quarterback leading them to like a 14-win season. Yes. Um. So, uh, yeah. Well, the Trey Lance is a weird one because <laughs> Trey Lance was drafted there because during his COVID season at North Dakota State, I believe is where he went. I think that that was I think he had one year as a college starter, and then before that he hadn't played since like his junior year of high school. Sure. So like this was not a guy with a lot of tape on him. He just had one pretty good season during a COVID year for North Dakota State, and apparently that was good enough to make him the third overall pick in the NFL draft, but. Like, and you're telling me it didn't work out? Yeah, and it didn't work out. And this is what I'm saying. Like, going into that draft, everyone said Trey Lance will be one of the top quarterbacks chosen, and he'll be a top 10 pick, if not a top 5 pick. And this is what I mean. Tanking doesn't guarantee anything. Who's to say that the Giants take Drake May and he works out? Like, I don't know. I'm I'm so down on Caleb Williams right now that I don't even know if he's going to work out wherever he goes. Yeah. So like, Well, that's another thing, too. So, like, Caleb Williams, right, is the guy, if you're going to – be doing this whole tanking thing this season. Uh, um, okay. Like, I, you know, is he, I, I'll just say he doesn't feel exactly like an Andrew Luck type anymore. Um, but this is, uh, anyway, that, that thus concludes my deep dive into the last few tank picks. Um, but it, it just really kind of goes to show you, uh, you can find a good quarterback anywhere, i.e. a Jalen Hurts, a Pat Mahomes, a freaking like you can find a serviceable. Well, Mahomes, guy. I think, was like the tenth overall pick. He was like but fifteen, yeah. but like that's still that. I mean, but that again proves my point. That was yes. a pick from a team that had Alex Smith healthy, right? Who was fine, right? Like Alex no, exactly. Smith was a decent quarterback. You don't need to tank like, for a top five pick to yeah. find a quarterback. You just I don't. Mean, it's just not. It doesn't make sense. And what might matter is having a little bit of confidence in your second-year coaching staff who had a good year last year and just completely shit the bed at the beginning of this year. And, yeah. hey, maybe build some wins back up. No, I agree. It's kind of nice. And now I have kind of come around because the other day I was saying I understand why people want to tank, but I've I've changed my tune completely. I'm so against it. I just like seeing the Giants win games. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's like, yeah, they could lose a bunch of games and get the third overall pick. and say, I mean, it, it, Marvin Harrison Jr. would be awesome, but if you have no one throwing the ball, what's the no. point? Like I mean, it, the Jets should try to get Marvin Harrison Jr. Why? Who's throwing I, him the ball? Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, he's never Ideally. coming back. He's gonna be on the Raiders this time next really? year. You don't think his fucking little boo boo blister that he had on his ankle is not gonna get any better? No, I already know what's gonna happen. They're gonna fire Hackett after this season, and then Rodgers is gonna be so pissed off about it that he's he, gonna request he's gonna to demand a trade to the Raiders where he can play with his friend Devontae Adams. That's what's going to happen. Oh, I'm telling you right man. now. It's over. For, the Jets are never seeing Aaron Rodgers on the field. What are the Raiders going to do with Jimmy Garoppolo's money? Okay. What did they give him again? A lot. A lot for a long time, right? Yeah, like three, four years. I mean, That's like, a long time it's the NFL. in mid-tier quarterback years. but like, Sure, contracts aren't real. Um, I, I know, but, but still. Anyway, now that we're talking about the Jets, I mean, I'm seeing a lot of red flags from Robert Sala. Yeah. Um, I, think I went on the record a few weeks ago saying I was kind of out. <laughs> right, yeah, and I've always liked Salah. I still, yeah. I still think he could have been a good coach in a good situation, but this GM has not given him a good team. He's given him a good defense, but the offense has been horrible. And I, I, you're starting to see what I would call like a significant gap between Dable and Salah in that Dable's offense is at least moving the ball with Tommy DeVito, and Salah is not an offensive coach. I understand that, but – you look at what other coaches do with. You still have to do both sides of the right, ball, man. You still have man. to do both sides like, of the ball, and you look at excuse. And you look at what other coaches do with similar <laughs> or less talent, like what yeah. the Giants are doing. And the Giants aren't really doing a whole lot of anything, but the ball is moving downfield, which it is not doing for the Jets. And surprise, surprise, Tim Boyle of uh, thirteen picks and one touchdown at UConn fame. Uh, came in and was not much better than Zach Wilson, uh, if at all. I think he was I, probably I he was, worse. I think he was worse. <laughs> so I think he was worse. Yeah, you had that key play right before the half when it oh, was ten to six. Yeah, you had that. I uh, missed it. Uh, quite famous, a uh, ninety-nine yard hail mary pick six. No um, way. Yeah, you know. Surely there's no fun name for that yet. Yeah, no, definitely not. <laughs> uh, but that's what happens to the Jets when they play on Thanksgiving. It's just not a good Thanksgiving weekend. Not yeah. a good time. Uh, but they never, l- never end up. 
with the fun stuff happening to them. No, don't tell me this team has one problem, and the problem was Zach Wilson. This team's got a lot of problems, okay? Then they may start with the quarterback, but sure shit don't end there because this is the worst offense I've ever seen, and I watched Jake Fromm take snaps for my team, okay? And that team was just quarterback sneaking because they wanted to give the ball up. More. What? The Giants offense was worse for the first, like, seven weeks of this. It's not worse right now. This is worse than that. This is as bad as it gets. That's true. This is as bad as it gets. Look, I don't don't completely disagree. Uh, Can we just – let's zoom out for a second. How is it that both New York football teams are in conversation for the worst offense you've ever seen? Well, not this season, just ever. Like, it's like I mean, is... the Giants has a lot of injuries. I'm not just going to blame injuries, but they, no, I but mean, like, there are like the New York teams. Like, can we just get it to get? Can we have competent football anywhere? And the ever? Jets is also <laughs> injuries. I mean, they lost <laughs> their starting brutal. quarterback, and yeah, your their, favorite guy. Their line is horrible. Like, I mean, this is what happens. This is right just... now, right now. So anyway, it, it is. It's it's as unfortunate as it is poorly. Uh, coached and maintained but it's uh it's frustrating yeah that's correct uh so yeah this is just this offense is the jets are just i mean and rogers keeps talking about how he wants to come back oh he's been talking i've missed it recently. yeah believe it or not aaron Rodgers. if you would like to hear him speak you could just turn on the tv uh and <laughs> any channel will be either talking about what he said or will be showing him talking yeah you could get him for 26 hours a day on the home shopping network <laughs> um so yeah he keeps saying he wants to come back and i mean I would love that. <laughs> I think that would be hilarious. going to get hurt. Uh, yeah. And what's your point? That, that shouldn't make me laugh? Because I'm, this guy is just so – he's so full of himself that he clearly wants to force his way back from an injury that he either doesn't have or will not fully be recovered from because there's no way a human Achilles can heal this fast. Um, and I just think that, yeah, put him out there. Let's see what happens. I think it will be hilarious to see what will happen. So – I'm all for the Jets rushing back Aaron Rodgers for no fucking reason. I think that would be the funniest thing to ever happen. I mean, this is like, I, I, I don't, I don't understand what he thinks his role within like football is, but like this whole weird. Are you familiar with Buddha's role within Buddhism? <laughs> I would imagine it's something like that. You mean that he thinks it is? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I see what you mean. Um. Does he? Did he forget that a guy named Tom Brady exists? Anyway, um, not that I love Tom Brady, but he also Brady loves Tom Brady. No, he's like the resident, like I'm just gonna say stuff and everyone's gonna pay attention guy. Um, and your favorite player? And, yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> this is great. I love it when Brody's this uh, tired. I can just n- knock him over on everything more than usual, even. Yeah, and I just you know at this point I can't. I can't verbally fight back. So, um, anyway, Aaron Rodgers uh, said today, I've got the headline for you that you're going to love. This was five hours, no, four hours ago from Yahoo Sports News. Here's the headline. Aaron Rodgers lays out his conditions for Jets' return this season. Okay, so he made a list of demands. (laughs) What? Yeah. Like, it will depend on both his health and the Jets' playoff possibilities. Oh, really? Because so, uh, last week you were saying you were returning December 21st pretty much no matter what happened. Right, no matter what happened. And now that the team has suddenly shit the bed more than expected was possible with the talent that you have, well, I mean, we're going to have to be in position for it to be feasible because, I, you know, the Dolphins' uh, mating season ends soon, so this Did you see <laughs> time out well for me to be able to do this. Exactly. Did you see what he was doing while the Jets were losing that game on Friday? Uh, something weird and uh, crunchy. He liked a tweet from uh, Russell Okung, former Seahawks something. Yes. Uh, offensive wh- lineman? I think he was an offensive yeah. lineman, yeah. Where he said, uh, Russell Okun said that his kids were asking him why their family didn't use sunscreen. And Russell Okun said that we are uh, we are not like other families. We know sunscreen is bad for you. So Aaron Rodgers was liking that tweet while the Jets were losing that game. So Aaron Rodgers um, is what? getting burned up by the sun. Uh, <laughs> what? Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. Aaron Rodgers, the god of hellfire. So uh, <laughs> I actually had this thought this morning on, like, what, hey. There's Victor Cruz. Yeah, Victor which, Cruz. That's the nickname. Um, I had this thought this morning on what was going to be uh, Aaron Rodgers' near future after this whole debacle and uh, and whole firestorm. Um, I realized he's going to write some like alt lifestyle guru book 
that's going to be like the number one thing in the world and then he's going to go on like every talk show and then you're only going to hear from him like once every two years when he comes out with a new one uh. and it's all going to be like <laughs> drink mud <laughs> i would agree with you but i don't think he could stay away from the spotlight that long i think he's a narcissist camera hog that is a good point so do you think he's still going to do his weekly with mcafee in retirement oh yeah he'll be doing that until they're both dead he will be bet, doing that I after bet. they're dead they'll be I doing bet. seances with him <laughs> I mean, like, we're going to bring in the ghosts of Pat McAfee and Aaron Rodgers for this next segment. Watch the Ouija board. <laughs> we're gonna, oh, Aaron, really Aaron Rodgers is going to tell you why, uh, why drinking water Ooh. causes tuberculosis. Protoplasm is good for your brain. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's what we're getting. I, guarantee. Yeah. I mean, this guy, I'm just so sick of this guy. And I know I say it every week, but, like, I'm just so... And I don't understand... He's become a, a parody of himself, too. Which yeah, yeah. And I don't understand why the media, and I hate to use the media as a term because... The media. That's what people do when they're being annoying. But yes. The media... Wait, see, yeah, correction. That's what annoying people do when they're being annoying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, but the media seems to think that people want breathless 24-hour, uh, ceaseless Aaron Rodgers coverage about yeah. when he's coming back from this uh, quote-unquote torn Achilles. And, um, you know, I just... I'm not, I, I'm not taking it anymore. I'm done with him. I'm done with the, all this. I'm, I'm just, I hope he does come back, and I hope they have to take the other leg so I never have to hear from him again. It would be so, so funny. And I mean funny in, like, like laugh-out-loud, belly-laugh-funny if he gets hurt on, like, the first play when he comes back. I Like, I mean, it would, like, and I, obviously, you never wish injury on anyone, of course, but when someone's asking for it this hard, it's just, like, yeah, man. What'd you expect? <laughs> like, when someone's this obnoxious about how they're going to come back before everyone on earth knows, when everyone on earth knows they're not yeah. ready. And especially is like, and also is, you know, science is some things and then I think other things and I'm clearly uh, right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not it's going to work, man. I'm not, I'm not saying I hope he goes out there and gets killed. No, of course not. It's just that but, when it happens, it's going to be hilarious. <laughs> exactly. That's what it is. It's just <laughs> it, it, this guy specifically is the only one in the NFL I'd make the statement about. Yes. If he tears his other Achilles immediately, it would be pretty comical. Now, and I was about to say, here's the thing. <laughs> if he actually comes back and for some reason, some miracle shit, like shit happens, and he wills this team to the playoffs and stays healthy and, like, I don't know, something good happens to the Jets. I, You know what? You've sold me. Right. Whatever you're selling, you've sold me. Good job. Like, right. you're, that- you're as amazing as you think and say that you are. So, like, that's, that's what's on the table for you. All right? <laughs> you got two extremes. You've set yourself up for one end of the spectrum here. Exactly. And I'm never wrong. But if I am wrong about this, I will admit it. But, uh, yeah. I... But also, I just don't think there's no. I mean, like at this point, why would the Jets let him come back? The no, Jets makes I, no sense. He basically is running the team, so I understand right. maybe they don't have enough power to tell him he can't come back. But there's no reason in hell for him to come back this season. I know some Jets fans actually want to see this just because they're basically like I heard Joe Beningo talking about this on WFAN a few days ago. Where I love that you went out of your way to listen to what Beningo had to say about all. This. Oh, I always <laughs> listen to Joe on Football Mondays. But yeah, uh, when he said that. He's so fed up with everything that Rodgers has done to his team that he just wants him to have to come out there and deal with it himself. I actually did hear <laughs> so, that, too. I, like, I respected that I, out of Beningo. Yeah, so I get that. Especially but, when everybody else was saying, like, they'd be crazy to let him do this. And then Beningo was like, he's got to go take the heat. Yeah. <laughs> like, All right. Well, he point. does. He's right. I mean, <laughs> yeah. If you built the team, go out there. And yeah. you, you claim that you're invincible and you're coming back from an Achilles in two weeks or whatever. Yeah. Then go do it, man. That's it. I don't want to hear you talk anymore. And, I agree. All right. Well. That's probably enough on the Jets. That's uh, the state of uh, New York football these days. So. People have been saying that for a uh, long time that's enough on the jets but there's always more um and th- you know what that's that's the last thing i'll say about this that's probably more than anything what the jets wanted out of this whole situation is that you always now have to talk about the jets well there are definitely no certain what. people who absolutely wanted that i mean and i don't yeah. honestly i don't think a lot of them are jets fans i think jets fans are kind of sick of this as much as we are that they're always in the news i mean as a knicks fan i know how it feels to have yeah. people just say stuff about your team that's not true so people can click on it yeah but like 
I'm sure Jets fans are sick of it too. But there are people, in, especially hey, the Yankees, get that treatment too. That, that's don't yeah, limit that Mets. just to the it, Knicks. It's a New York thing. It is. But like, t- I'm sure there are Jets fans who are like, "Please stop talking about our team. This is very embarrassing." And yeah. a, a, as a fan of several <laughs> other teams, you could say that about. Please I am stop looking behind the curtain. <laughs> exactly, and I'm sure Jets fans don't want it. And <laughs> Close I, the curtain. I'm sure they would love if we never spoke about them again. Yeah, so. uh, that's true. Um, well, anyway, let's. Uh, why don't we move on to one of these uh, just as embarrassing teams in uh, either? Well, actually, no, the Knicks aren't embarrassing. We could we could do a few minutes on the Knicks. Yeah, I got um, a couple. So, Morgan, the end season tournament is going on right now. The Knicks have a chance to win their group. Do you care? I mean, I care in as much as that I want to see them win games because I'm a Knicks fan. But like, sure, I don't care specifically about the end season tournament in any meaningful way. Like. I, 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 I have a hard time getting myself pumped up for it. Uh, as we are recording this, it is uh, n- Tuesday, November 28th, uh, just past 9, and we're watching the Knicks uh, up by 20 against the Charlotte Hornets in a game that uh, is being played on, you know, one of those classic midseason tournament courts. and One of those uh, those classic all-timer, you know, your grandfather's favorite NBA in-season tournament courts with uh – just the stupidest color combinations. I just I It looks like it. a sun kissed bottle. I oh good good poll. Looks like Sunny D. Yeah. Actually. Uh, well, I mean yeah. I, I don't know. I mean the Knicks this season are just so mercurial. Like it, it's just like one game to another. Like they had that huge comeback win against the Heat. Right. That um I was out with some friends at the bar and we kept Ooh. checking the score and yeah. then eventually we were like, they're getting blown out in the fourth quarter. I'm going to stop checking the score. Oh, no. And then I suddenly I got the notification on my phone that they won. And yeah. we were all like, what? Yeah. How did that happen? <laughs> yeah. like, so they did beat the Heat in that big game, which is good, really fun to watch. Good um, good game. I went back and watched that fourth quarter. It was really fun. Just, you know, team ball all the way, playing really well. I would say that it's weird because the Knicks are a combination of, as I said, mercurial, very up and down. But also nothing too surprising has happened so far this season. And that, like, everything that's happened so far is, like, basically shit you would expect. Like, I mean, they're losing to good teams, and they're beating bad teams. And uh, there have been a couple wins against good teams sprinkled in, like the Clippers and the Heat to an extent. And there have been blowout losses also. So, I mean, yeah, 9-7 and seven with a pretty rough first-month schedule is not bad. It's, you know, a good thing to take away from it. And if they hold on to win tonight, they'll be 10-7, and seven and going into December and I think that's a pretty good spot to be in. So 7 and 3 in the last 10. I mean, yeah, I I got no complaints about the Knicks right now. I really think they're playing pretty good ball and they're beating teams uh when they beat teams they are truly uh just like expressing what they do best. Like I I tru- like I think the passing has been very very good. I think the defense has been great. I just think, you know, they're playing a lot of good team basketball. And, yeah, I just like to see it, and it's weird to feel this bored by a Knicks team. So, uh, and it, bored in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I wanted to talk about those three in the seven and three in the last ten because they've lost three games um, since I believe November third was the last time outside of that because they lost to the Bucks. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They haven't lost. That uh, was the game on the crazy court in yeah, Milwaukee. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, they've only lost three games since then. Um, one of them was to the Celtics, which who are better. The final score was one hundred fourteen to ninety eight, um, so you can count that as a blowout. Although I think it was closer until the last few minutes, if memory serves. It was close. The first half, the Knicks were winning most of that game. I, yeah, I, I had to go to bed because I was working an early shift, but yeah, I'm pretty sure that was close the until the end. Yeah. Yes. Um, then uh, we had that Timberwolves game. In which it ended one seventeen to hundred. Yeah, we don't talk about that. Was a bad loss. That was a bad <laughs> loss. We don't we don't need to talk about that one. Uh, and then they lost by three to the Suns, one sixteen to one thirteen. Yeah, so bad loss in a different way. Bad loss in a different <laughs> way, but one hundred sixteen to one hundred thirteen with the Suns, uh, a healthy Suns team, relatively healthy. Yeah, relatively. You still you got to feel good about that. Um, now, don't forget the only win in the last like week is uh, to the Heat. Which that hundred ninety eight um, or hundred two ninety eight game, uh, two point victory there. So uh, you know, we'll take that. They squeaked by the Heat, but that's a really good comeback win. Um, but they they the games that they're losing, they either get blown out and it's a rough loss, or they you know are 
playing close and they just yeah whatever the, the final score doesn't really matter but they're losing to good teams yeah um they're not losing to anybody that is somebody where you go in thinking all right well this should be you know at, at the very least the Knicks should have this game um close if not just locked up by the you know halftime of the third quarter um they've been winning those games beating those teams so. yeah all right good yeah. consistent yeah very <laughs> consistent all right should we is it time Oh, it may be time for everybody's favorite segment. 30, 30 seconds, seconds on, on the, the Brooklyn, Brooklyn Nets. Nets. Mark, go. Okay, so Cam Thomas is coming back soon from an ankle injury. That should really give them a lot, a big boost. I mean, the Nets are where you would expect them to be, as I say, pretty much every week. They're 8-8. Eight and eight. They're playing pretty good ball. Uh, Dinwiddie has been on a true heater over these past three or so games. I think he's averaging over 20 each game. I mean, this is a team that I've seen a lot of Nets fans say there is a breath of fresh air after what they've uh, quote unquote been through over no the kidding. past few they're seasons. Likeable. Yeah, they're <laughs> likable. They're playing well, uh, and yeah, I mean, this is a team that should be right in the mix for a playing spot, and uh, I think Nets fans have a lot to look forward to. I think that's very fair. That was exactly thirty seconds. I, think. I don't think I have anything to say on the Brooklyn Nets this week. Okay, well, we'll see when Cam Thomas it. comes back. So yeah. Um, Either way, I think it's interesting that they are 500. Wasn't expecting that. Yeah, it is interesting. It, it's interesting in the same way that, uh, like, when you see a, a bee on the ground, you're like, oh, that's interesting. You know, <laughs> and then you move on. Fly. <laughs> yeah. And then you move on with your day and you don't think about it again. <laughs> exactly. Um, they did beat the Heat. Like, it, with yep. a, everyone's beating the Heat. Uh, 112 to 97, big win. Um, yeah. Anyway, moving on from our 30 seconds of the Brooklyn Nets, we can go on to. This fun and very interesting and weird story from the New York Yankees that came out today. Now, is this the one I think you're going to talk about? Well, when you frame it like that, I have no idea, Morgan. <laughs> is it from Andy Martino? Yes, it's okay, from Andy Martino. <laughs> um, so it came out today that the Yankees, over the last year, purposefully withheld the number 18 from anybody who wanted it so that it could be given to Yoshinobi Yamamoto. Yoshinobu Yamamoto, excuse me. Um, so now that's <laughs> weird. <laughs> um, now the reasoning is because 18 in Japan is recognized as like the ace number. Yes, it's what, yes. It's the number that the aces wear. Hiroki Kuroda, um, Kenta Maeda, Matsuzaka. Uh, a lot of them were 18 or 19. Tanaka was 19. Tanaka was 19 when he was here, but he was 18 in Japan. The yep. only reason he was 19 when he got here is because Hiroki Kuroda was still on the Yankees. And out yes. of respect to him, did not take 18 and Correct. instead wore 19. 100%. So, yeah. Um, so, normally when a Japanese ace, they all wear number 18. That's they wear they 18. Do. Now, Shohei wears 17. Yes. Now, I'm kind of interested, actually, now that we're talking about it, why he does that. Kind of fun. Um, but, anyway. Uh, yeah. So, this is really weird. Yeah. It's <laughs> um, bizarre. It's just a weird thing that they are doing. I don't understand And it's so thing. out of character for the Yankees. It's extremely um, out of character for the Yankees. So, uh, yeah. Um, hopefully it works. That's kind of my thoughts on it. But um, I, I also partially uh, comedically think they're lying because oh, earlier yeah. – they they said that uh, that they went to Rugnetto door to find out if Joey Gallo could handle New York, and he was like, "Yeah, maybe this is just out of respect for Rugnetto door, who they like way too much." Yeah, what, <laughs> They're just not the giving away his front office has too much time on their hands. Like, they what really the, do? Who they're talking to Rugnetto door. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean okay? You when mean they were talking, okay, no, when I they were going to bring in Joey Gallo originally. <laughs> okay, no, <laughs> yeah, they're not currently right. talking to Rudnett or Door. To my knowledge, they might be. <laughs> they're bringing they him back. Sabian's <laughs> assistant is going to be Rudnett or Door. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, this is bizarre. Uh, the Yankees do not have a history of doing things like this. Like, I mean, quite famously, when they got Randy Johnson, he switched his number to forty-one out of respect for Bernie Williams. Right. Same thing with Ichiro. He was also fit. Uh, he was 51. He also switched to 31. The Yankees do not. They have a didn't hit. give away Paul O'Neill's number they, for 30 years right. until they decided to retire it. Like so the two Yankees years ago, generally but. will hold numbers out uh, out of respect for guys who have played here. They usually don't hold them out out of respect for guys who have yet to come here and might not. That's so. It's very strange that's in my a opinion. Weird, weird, weird thing. Like they are, they're genuinely good about their their own numbers, as we were saying. Yeah, this is just so strange. And I, I, I don't, don't know if I believe it. I, I, but like, is it just like? Did someone make a joke to Martino and he was like, oh, well, that's going in the paper. Like, yeah, I mean, probably. I don't know, man. I mean, I'm not accusing Andy Martino of just making stuff up, but because just, I mean, 
I just don't think that I don't think he, he would, would do that. Do that. Yeah. Not that I think he's a great reporter, but you know he is a reporter, and I don't think he would do that. He's I, fine. He's a little sensational sometimes. But yeah, he's I just fine. don't think that this makes any sense. <laughs> like, I, it just it's just very bizarre, especially for a team that um, pitching isn't exactly their greatest need. Uh, it's just. Very yeah, strange but, to be thinking this far into the future, let's say in last season, when they're like, okay, we're going to hold out 18. Behind Aaron Judge, what was their biggest need last season? Hitting? Anything? Yeah. What What did they do? What was their move number two? What? Pitching. Yeah. That like That's like what they're doing now. Probably because they've gotten beat by the Astros so many times who just had starter after starter to roll out there. Uh, but if you notice, Morgan, the Astros... Had homegrown talent that uh, was cheap. I don't know what that is. I uh, neither do the Yankees. I haven't seen it <laughs> since 1997. That doesn't exist. Um, so we're just gonna go by uh, every pitcher. Yeah, apparently. So, so speaking of these reports that have been coming out, did you see the one from John Heyman? That's what I was about to bring okay. up as well. Two out of three ain't bad, except there's no fucking way that's actually accurate. R.I.P. Meatloaf. Um, yeah. Uh, so the report, uh, well, you please, you, you intro it, please. Go yeah. Ahead. So John Heyman, uh, of Arson Judge fam, uh, said that the Yankees are getting also of, at 3 PM, I will hit on Otani fam. Uh, <laughs> recent tweet, he had a few like last week that just really made me laugh. He, he's talking about an upcoming, uh, that's really funny. Bro, he's dying. I, he was talking about yeah. an upcoming appearance he was going to do on the radio or something, yeah. and he tweeted, at 3 p.m., I will hit on Otani, and everyone was like, bro. Uh, right. uh, <laughs> anyway, so John Heyman says the Yankees are getting two of Juan Soto, Cody Bellinger, and Yoshinobu, Man- Yo- and Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Yoshinobu Yamamoto. I'm sorry. I wanted to say it right, and I just you tripped over my words because I was close. so excited. Yeah. Um. So, yes, John Heyman says they're getting two of those players. Now, I don't believe that at all. Nope. Um, I, w- I would love to believe it. I would have I a don't. hard time believing they're getting one of those players, <laughs> and if they do get one, it'll probably be Bellinger. It'll probably be, be bad. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just don't – that seems to me like uh, teams using the Yankees for leverage, which happens often. Uh, it's starting to happen to the Mets now, too. Or, it's going to happen to the Mets more often now yeah. because their, their whole uh, identity is gone of right. the Yankees being the way that they were. <laughs> right, yeah. So uh, that seems to me like agents are saying, oh, these guys are going to go to the Yankees as a way to get other teams to be like, oh, we really should look into this. So, I mean, yeah, I don't believe that at all. Uh, what I do believe in is uh, Osmus Sanity. Uh, the excitement over Brad Ausmus has <laughs> been brought in as Yankees bench coach and at <laughs> his press conference me. today. Yeah. Um, so Brad Ausmus, uh, if you don't know, was hired probably at time of release quite a long time ago as Yankees bench <laughs> at, coach. At press time. Uh, yeah, and as I said at the time, and I still believe, this really does not a whole lot except making the Yankees coaching staff less ugly. It's uh, <coughs> true. So, yeah, I just don't. Really, I mean, he's fine. He's a, he was a Yankee prospect. He, they lost him in the expansion draft to the Rockies in '93 or whatever. And like, they I mean, apparently have regretted it ever since. Yeah, clearly <laughs> they really wanted to bring him home. But yeah, like, yeah. like I said, like, um, I think I said this on the last episode. But yeah, just like a guy who, when he was playing was as a catcher for a bunch of teams like Tigers, Astros, in the uh, late '90s, early 2000s, just a guy that everyone always said would be a manager one day cerebral you know clubhouse leader type guy and he did eventually become a manager with the tigers where he um was handed a good situation didn't perform particularly great but those teams also weren't built well so i don't think that's fully on him and then he was in anaheim for one year as angels manager before they got joe madden which is uh tends to happen when joe madden is on the table team to (laughs) fire their guy to hire him for some reason yeah uh so he was the manager in Anaheim for one season. Didn't perform great, but again, only in one season. So like, Osmus is a guy that people will make fun of due to his record. But like, as a bench coach, I think it's a real pretty good hire. I, I mean, and it is what it is. It's fine. Is it a bit of an auspicious hire? The anyway, word the word I'm going for is auspicious. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, okay. We're watching a Knicks <laughs> game. So. <laughs> 
Um, anyway, if you would like to know what drove Brad Osman to get back in the game, his quote on why he wanted to get back into coaching was, this past summer I didn't do anything and I got a little bored, to be honest with you. So the Yankees are bringing in a firecracker of energy <laughs> <laughs> ready to provide uh, you know, that spark that they've really been needing in the uh, in the dugout. Hell yeah, um, brother. He's so Pissing hot. Yeah. <laughs> Here we oh go. Oh, my God. Did he really say that? <laughs> yes, that's really what he said. All right. Well, um, sure, so, man. As good a reason as any. Uh huh. Uh, he said, "I enjoy the game. I enjoy the strategy. I enjoy the people. And there's no grander stage than New York City." Um, I've heard that sure. line so many times. Uh, I'm not I saying I don't believe it, but it I is don't just believe what it. you I, say. I don't not believe it. It's just it's what they all say. Because like when they're not from here, they're like, "Wow, this is it, Broadway," and everyone's yeah. just like screaming at them to win. <laughs> like, so, that's kind of it. Yeah, uh, or mean, just not be a dumb. But what else? Yeah. We, what else we got on the Yankees? Anything else? Actually, yeah, I want to talk about the two out of three story real quick. Um, if it is two out of three, and they end up with uh, Bellinger and Yamamoto, hot take. I'm still not going to be very happy. I really don't. I I want Bellinger so little that it would be it would ruin the signing of Yonerva Yamamoto if they did that. Okay, I won't go that far. But. Um, <laughs> I, I am so against Bellinger. Well, as a long-time uh, Clay Bellinger fan, oh, I'm not kidding God. about that. Uh, he was one of my random favorite sure. players as a little kid. Why not? Um, I would be kind of excited to see his son come to the Yankees uh, <laughs> like, for that reason. But, I mean, th- I've heard you know uh, stories that, te- that the Yankees have a little bit of concern about whether he can uh, – he had a real steep drop in his hard hit rate last year. Which is again analytics, which you know people shit on the Yankees for, but that is concerning. Yeah, I mean <laughs> that would imply that he got really lucky last season with a lot of his. He base had a hits. high BABIP, like a really yeah, high so, BABIP. Like that is something that the Yankees are looking at. I at this point, I don't which think could be also misleading too. By the way, yeah, yeah if yeah. you are good at placing the ball, whatever right, the hell yeah. that means. Like you know, it's no, it, yeah, definitely. And also there's all his late and close hitting numbers were good, so like that's something worth like his high leverage at bats. Like he had a good average or something. Like so, like there's stuff that is there's all sorts of ways likeable. to interpret these numbers, you know. But it's, it's, it's he's a Boris guy, right? Probably, I think. I don't know. I haven't looked. I'm I'm pretty sure. I like it's just everything about what contract he's going to get. Uh, it just it 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 just it it's giving it's giving Jacoby Ellsbury. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know if that's fair. It's Jacoby Ellsbury was a speed guy who was signed at thirty one or whatever. You know, well, like all right, hold on. Cody Bellinger. He is Boris guy. He's a Boris guy, and I'm not saying it's Jacoby Ellsbury because his play is analogous to that. That's not what I mean. Just that they're gonna give, um, just a long contract to a guy because of you know like what. Like like a few good years, and it, now uh, Jacoby Ellsbury never won an MVP or a World Series. With I uh, know he did no, a World yes Series. he did, yeah he did, and he almost um, won MVP, almost but didn't. He was but, I think he came in second. No, he did not. Yeah, he did. Did he really? Yes, he did. Jacoby Ellsbury was a great player for the Red Sox. I know he was. I, I, well, I was excited when the Yankees signed him because he was really good. But that's that's what I'm saying. Like he was good, but that's I like. Bellinger's been good, but he has so many bad years. He's like I, the bad seems to be as much confidence and head case issue as it was physical. I know he had his whole swing reworked and everything, but I just don't. Well, when he was bad, like, he was unplayable, awful, like awful, awful. And Jacoby Ellsbury was never unplayable. Gave up on an MVP, right? Face of their franchise MVP, like that's yes, he was bad. horrific. It's really bad. <laughs> like, he was horrible. He hit like 165. Yeah. Also, Jacoby Ellsbury did come in second for the MVP in 2011. I it told was you, he was a really, really good player. He ever was within the top. Oh, he only got MVP one other time, which is in 2013. Only all star season for Jacoby Ellsbury. All right. Anyway. So now that we've talked about Jacoby Ellsbury. Well, no, my point being, it's like <laughs> that was one year. Like you're basically no, over one season. No, but- like. I, I I got it. Bellinger has a few good years, but like, and he's younger too. He's twenty eight, so like, it's there's possibility that it could go well. It's just if you give him a seven year deal, I I don't know. I just don't. I don't yeah, trust I don't like it. that. I just don't trust it. All right, so should we move on to uh, our our hot new uh, part two of our hot new segment, uh, New York baseball bench coach chat? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so the Mets hired John Gibbons, former Blue Jays manager and current drunk, wait, to be their wait, bench coach. They did. Yeah, I did not see this. Yeah. Hold on a second. Amazing. Yes. Also, I love that this is like the news this off season with the or with the the Yankees and the Mets is like who's going to be the bench coach. 
out. Yes. That's really fun. So, yeah, John Gibbons, uh, as far as I know, yeah, he got officially announced as new ma- new bench coach, not manager, new bench coach of the New York Wait, Mets. John Gibbons was on the 86 Mets? Yes, he was. He was backup catcher. Wow. So, comes so, full circle. Wow. Um, something tells a me. Franchise that, legend that, back in town. Well, I was going to say, okay, <laughs> sure. Um, the current Mets seem very different than the 86 Mets. Yeah, uh, like they haven't won anything, for example. <laughs> well, I also don't think any of them are uh, cokeheads. Like, I won't say names, be, but... but <laughs> oh, yeah, you got a guy who, who's keying you in? That was... No, uh, no, no, I'm just Pun kidding. intended. Uh, uh, <laughs> but no, but the thing about uh, John Gibbons and the 86 Mets, I, I mean, he was... He, I think he was only in, like, 10 games or, like, something like that. So, like, he was not... Yeah, he was in eight games and he wow, <laughs> he was nine for nineteen, he hit four seventy four. So the CBS uh, headline was Mets close to hiring John Gibbons, former Blue Jays manager and nineteen eighty six champion as bench coach. Yeah, I mean he and yeah, champion he in the sense that he got a ring, like yeah. the people who run the hot dog vending. Yeah, but you, like you can't take that away from him. It no, happened. But it's just really funny to put that in the headline. Yeah, so John Gibbons, as I alluded to earlier, just constantly looks like he's half in the bag. Yes. Um, and I have no proof that he actually is, but that's just what he looks like. Um, I always thought was a pretty good manager in Toronto. Um, just, like, uh, seemed to always have conflicts with his players, which was not really what you look for in a manager, yeah. especially now. No, um, that's, so maybe yeah. not. Like he, w- There were several instances where he was like confronting guys on the runway and telling them to fight him, uh, which is not really what you want. But That uh, also backs up your, uh, your argument that you were just making. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, winning record as a manager, veteran baseball guy. I think good good piece to round out Mendy's staff and uh, maybe a guy that can uh, – because Mendy never played in the majors – so maybe a guy who can relate with some major league experience. I think it's a pretty good hire, but other than that, not a lot going on with the Mets. So, yeah, um, it's funny too that the Yankees and the Mets both went with uh, former managers of teams that severely underperformed <laughs> to be their bench coach. Yeah, I wouldn't say the Blue Jays under Gibbons severely underperformed. I mean, after 2015, they did. Yeah, but that team was never staying together anyway. Those those guys were all pretty well into their no, careers. No, they were never. It was not like a good. young, sustainable core. I know they were young, but like, or, excuse me, they were old at the time. Yeah. Um, but that's I don't know. Still, like they weren't. But that's what you get for a bench coach. You get a failed manager. That's what they all are. Yeah, I guess that's true. That's not what Carlos Mendoza was, but I mean, I no, guess that's you... why he's now the manager, and right. these guys are the bench coach. So makes sense. Yeah, uh, I've also heard that the Mets could be looking to move Jeff McNeil. Just uh, heard that from a little birdie. Don't think that's going to happen, but I heard they've been exploring stuff what for that. What did the Mets get for Jeff McNeil? I don't know. I think he could be looked at as a pretty valuable piece. And he won bang title not that long ago. I yeah. Mean, I mean, that's like, uh, that. that's interesting because he also, he does an every other year type deal. Um, and he had a bad year last year. Yeah, he's like the Julius Randle of baseball. Um, yeah, kind of, honestly. Um, <laughs> no one ever really knows what you're going to get out of him, just that he's capable of great things but never seems to do it on a consistent basis. Um, but Jeff McNeil this last season hit 270. The year before that hit 326. Yeah, one in batting The year title. before that hit 251. The year before that hit 311. So Yeah, uh, every other year type guy. He's due. <laughs> I'll say that much. Um What's contract a, yeah, I was going to say, once he, he's, he has an extension that he signed. Let me see here. So I'm pretty sure it's through, I want to say like 2027. He's not getting paid all that he much. He is signed through 2026. Uh, he has a an option um, for 27. It's a team option. Uh, but four years for 50 million bucks for yeah. uh, through 26 with a 27 option. So that should just tell you where batting average is at as a stat, that the fact that yeah. this guy who's batting, batting champion Nobody cares. and never strikes out is getting four years, 50 million. I mean, that's a lot of money for a normal person, not a lot of money for a baseball player. So, yeah. like, I mean, I don't know. If they do trade Jeff McNeil, I don't know what they could get. I mean, How I think... How Luis Arise get in arbitration this year? Let's see. I don't know. Uh, but I would say if they do trade McNeil, I would say that... Whatever team gets him will probably be buying low on him, and I think it would be a good move for that team. I don't think it would be a good move for the Mets. So, Luis Arise made six point one million dollars in arbitration this season. Yeah, that's that's what happens. You know, guys like that yeah, are yep. just you, you never really get paid what you're worth. He's so. a career three twenty six hitter. Well, yeah, I, I mean that's yeah. that's how it is. Um, all right, so 
And I know he doesn't do much else, but that's still that's a little shocking. Yeah. But, um, uh, you want to do a hockey thing? Yeah. You have anything on the Rangers? Well, uh, I have something on the Islanders. Okay. Uh, they exist. Okay, moving on to the Rangers. <laughs> uh, they are first place in the Metropolitan That was mean, Mark. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. listen. I just don't know anything about the Islanders. Maybe they're having a great year. I don't know. Maybe they are the greatest franchise in the NHL. I don't know. I won. The, I know they won four Stanley Cups in the 70s, so that's something to hang your hat on. Or maybe it was the 80s. The Islanders Again, look mid as shit. They're 8, 7, and 6. Eight, seven, and six. Eight, seven, and six. Jeez, how do you even do that? <laughs> stop, stop playing close games, Islanders. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, the Rangers first place in the Metro Division. They had a big loss to the Sabers last night. They lost five to one. But uh, ultimately, I think things are still looking good. They got Adam Fox coming off uh, injury soon. Unfortunately, Capo Caco looks like he's injured now, so uh, he's going to be going back on. So, yeah. Uh, all's pretty looking good for the Rangers. I think they're far and away the best team in New York right now. And then a, a pretty distant second would be the Knicks. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I'm planning to get more into the Rangers. They got the Red Wings tomorrow night and maybe I'll throw that on. The Red Wings just picked up Patrick Kane too. Uh, former yeah. Ranger as of last season. Rehabbing that knee injury still, a, I think. Uh, yeah. Going to be a first, uh, first ballot Hall of Famer. But yeah, uh, the only thing that I know about the Rangers is that they're kicking ass and taking names so yep keep doing that all right mark's free pick of the week mark's free pick of the week yeah that's a that's yeah all right so i don't remember by, by the time you hear i believe my last free pick of the week was illinois iowa take the under uh and that did hit so i am th- three and one so for this week championship weekend in college football i won't be able to watch a lot of it because i'm going to be at my 10-year high school reunion. <laughs> ah, very fun. fun. Uh, but I... Ah, you're old. Yeah, very old. Morgan's old. Uh, you're old. Over the hill, yeah. Old. Uh, okay, enough. Uh, <laughs> I'm starting to feel bad. I'm leaving. Um, ha! All right, gone. <laughs> All right. So, for my... We're three years apart. This is mean to me as well as the joke here. Go on. <laughs> my favorite pick of the week... This is a risky one, but Ooh. I'm prepared to so take a risk. So it's not a free pick of the week. This is a what's called a gamble. <laughs> this is a gamble, and I mean it could backfire horribly, but I'm going to say it. All right. SEC championship game, four o'clock, CBS Saturday, Georgia, Alabama. I'm taking Alabama with the six points. Whoa. Give me Alabama plus six. You are taking Alabama plus six against undefeated Georgia. Yep, and they haven't lost a game in, in three years. Since the last SEC championship game in 2020, or I'm sorry, since they haven't lost a game since the SEC championship in 2021 against Alabama. And Wow. You know what? I really think this Georgia team hasn't really been tested. Uh Alabama's been through it this year. Jalen Milrose playing better. Alabama just barely got got off the Iron Bowl, but that I think that game gave them gives them a bit of momentum. I I don't know. I'm just thinking this is going to be at the very least a really close game. I'm not saying Alabama pulls it out, but I'm saying Alabama keeps it within six. So take Alabama plus six. And if I'm wrong, we're erasing this. Uh, I, well, we can't do that now because you said it, so it's going to be out there. Um. Now, I will remind you that Georgia played Georgia Tech, an unranked team, number one ranked Georgia, 12-0, and as we know. Uh, they were losing in the first quarter, and then after that, beat the living shit out of Georgia Tech until the game was over. Yeah, but Georgia Tech um, is not, not Alabama. Now, Alabama, on the other hand, played an unranked Auburn team with the same record as Georgia Tech, and didn't do too hot until literally the last three seconds of the game. So, if you want to put any kind of stock into the rivalry games and how they played and, you know, in a game that had some juice, I don't know, man. That's definitely not a free pick. I will say that much. Um, And granted, I don't know anything about college football, but I will say Alabama did not look too, too hot and Georgia is uh, Georgia. So Okay, how about this? I'll give you another free pick of the week. No, you got your one. Okay, yeah, but I'm just going to do an auxiliary one. All right, fair enough. Because now I'm looking. Everyone's favorite new segment. Morgan's Morgan's auxiliary auxiliary free free pick pick of the week. week. Yes. Uh, So Michigan, Iowa, the Big Ten Championship, 8 p.m. on Fox this Saturday. Uh, Give me 
Give me the under. Over-under is 35 and a half. Okay. Just to add the under for any game involving Iowa, always a good bet. Iowa's got an insanely good defense and an offense that can't go forwards. Do you have the line? Uh, the line is Michigan by 23. Uh, so Wow. It, it, yeah, we'll lot. say Michigan wins this one 24 to nothing. So take the Man. under. Man, fair enough. That. Yeah. Let nah, me I, see if I can find the uh, – what is the total? Oh, I got – oh, I'm sorry. The total I got 35 and a half. So take the under. Man, 35 and a half. Okay. All right. Well, those are Morgan's free pick of the weeks. Yeah, we're now a gambling, a college football gambling podcast. Well, it works for Barstool. Um, <laughs> let's see here. Anything that we did not cover? Any breaking news? Any breaking news? Uh, I'm going to read the first tweet I see on Twitter. That's a good idea. Uh, okay. Go to Yankees and go to news and see if there's anything. Uh, the first tweet I see on Twitter is uh, Sam Bennett just gave Max Domi the business in this fight. And it's a hockey highlight. So check that out. Oh. Very fun. All right, let's see what I got. Uh, the Celtics have clinched the East groups. Yeah, and our podcast thing died. So this is a voice memo just to run an outro real quick. But, uh, yeah, that'll do it for us here for episode six, seven. What are we on? Anyway, you'll see it in the, you'll see it in the thumbnail. Um, all right, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Hopefully uh, there will be some fun news in any of these teams' worlds. And, uh Things will be looking a little bit better for the football teams. Yep. All right. Catch you later. Bye.